You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Layups Podcast. I'm Kyle Radke. I'm here with Julian Andrews. What's up? Not much, man. How are you? Good. Good. Still uh, buried in house projects, but it's it's all good stuff. (laughs) That's going to be the rest of your life. Yeah, that's what they say. That's what, that's what, I was going to say that's what nobody tells you, but that's literally what everybody tells you. Yeah, you told me that two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm getting old. And yesterday, I think. I did spend like 45 minutes today just watering plants around my house, so. Nice. Yeah, good times all around. Um, Before we get into our episode this week, we want to thank our good friends at DraftKings. Um, You've heard us talk about DraftKings, because they're the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes. Now, I wouldn't say depend on it to be payday every day. Um, so could be just, payday every day. It could be, yeah. I wouldn't depend on it, though. Um, I, I mean, I won, uh, you know, I've won a couple bucks on my um, on the free pools. They've been a lot of fun. And I've actually used that money to create another lineup, and I lost. But but still, it was the the, fa- the fact that I could have won from basically right. a, yep. a free pool. Um so that's what I, that's what I would do if I were you. Uh, free pools, um, like it's it, NBA playoffs. Obviously, next game is is on Wednesday. Um, baseball. Uh, use the code TBPN when you sign up. New user users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That sounds fun. Uh, code TBPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum five dollars required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, so. Uh, NBA Finals, they're happening. Uh, last week, we had um, a, a guest on from the Bucks podcast, which if you haven't listened to it yet, I would go listen to it because it's interesting because um, we, we talk about Boonholzer and um, we talk about how maybe uh, like Boonholzer should get fired if the Bucks win, which is just silly. Like, and that obviously won't happen. Um, I mean, but... But also, like, I don't. It's just crazy that that's in inside somebody's mind that's a Bucks fan, which tells you just how rocky it is. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. I I don't know. I don't think you can do that. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> but, I, like, I, I guess obviously not. And like, we're 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 talking about this after the Bucks won Game Three, and everything looked great. Um, and that. Like that's a crazy thing about these finals and the playoffs in general. And we do it every year where we all get so excited about one team. And then we're like, gosh, I don't have any, I don't know any 
I have no idea how the Bucks could possibly come back from this. And then they play well. And then now it's like, man, the Suns don't have any depth behind eight, and I don't get how the Suns can win another game. And it's just like this ebbs and flows. I mean, I was thinking about this earlier. I really think, like, for the first time in a long time, or maybe not for the first time in a long time, but now more than any other time that I can remember, we know exactly how each team wins, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, if the Bucks get eight and in foul trouble, Drew Holiday plays well, Chris Middleton plays well, in addition to Giannis, Bucks are going to win. If those don't happen, uh, like, yeah, if Devin Booker misses a bunch of shots, Bucks are going to win. If Devin Booker is hitting all the shots, they're taking either Middleton or Holiday away. Aiden stays out of foul trouble. Suns are going to win. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, so I don't want to call it predictable because I think it's been a very, very exciting series. And so I don't want to, I don't think this is a bad thing. It's just like very interesting to see all these kind of micro adjustments happening with the understanding that those, that is how both teams know exactly how they, what they need to do to win. And they know what they need the other team, like to stop the other team from doing in order to win. So it's been, um, I mean, I'm really enjoying these finals. I have to say Um, I'm, Rooting for the Suns, but I'm kind of glad that the Bucks got a game, um, yeah. at least. And I mean, it's just—it's really exciting. It's and it's so yeah. hard to root against Giannis too. It really is. Um, it like really he's is. one of those stars where like he doesn't really do anything that annoys me. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm having a tough time. Like I'm cheering for for both teams. Like of course, yeah. in, in Game Three, just as a basketball fan, you want the. You know, you want the team down 2-0. Um, right. But yeah, if you didn't listen to our podcast last week, Joel Graham from Give Me a Buck podcast, he was he was really good. He talked about, I mean, he, he kind of talked about stuff that we knew, but then he also talked about like kind of the Drew Holiday experiment and how it was going fine. Um, and if they win a title, it's great. If they lose, you know, if they lose in the finals, then you kind of, he's talking about, well, do you just need to start from scratch and get rid of Middleton and... and, and in holiday and then just try to build around Giannis, which we're not there yet. But I mean, if they do lose the title and Giannis plays as well as he's played, you probably do have to think about that. Like, how do we, how do we get rid of some of these? Because so much easier said than done though. Like I, who are you getting is what I would say. I totally agree. But I think when you look at like what's at stake with Giannis's career and like how little of a window you have, because you look at the East next year and it's like, the Nets are going to be healthier, like, and and you know that's going to be your team. Um, yeah, I mean, y- you're right. That that is a difficult question, and we can probably go over that. Um, I mean, I'd love to. Know. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to devote an episode to just to what should the Bucks do on a Minnesota Timberwolves podcast? Fake trades, you know. I mean, I'd love to talk about this stuff, but it is kind of like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are good. Yes, um, but then you get in. So if I, I don't want to say if you win this title this year, it's I don't want to say it's the easiest title. It's probably the title with the less competition that you'll ever face. And I'm not yes. and I mean that with all due respect because each team right no, now is playing yeah. with like six guys. Um so each team is like super beat up, but like each team's path to the finals. Um the window is, is open now. Exactly. And you're you're not gonna have another season like this where the Bucks had to beat the Atlanta Hawks to make it to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. The Suns had to beat the, a Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard, and before yeah. that, they had to beat um, 
you know, like a Denver team without Yoke or without Murray. And then before that, it was the Lakers without AD. And I'm not saying, like, we talked about this before, you only can beat the teams ahead of you. Right. But also, if you don't win in this window, you have to look back and go, okay, like, we got to, how do we compete again next year? Um, right. I think, like, the, tri- the it's easy to say, well, yeah, we'll just bring it back next year. And then um, the 76ers are better, the Nets are better, and um, – yeah. Julian, what's been your favorite part of the finals so far? My favorite part of the finals is something that's also just kind of been my favorite, like my favorite moment, or I'm going to start with this. My It's also been my favorite mo- part of the playoffs, which is that these, just like seeing Booker and Aiton, especially, kind of come into their own. And it's interesting when you're talking about, you know, this is the path. These young stars are not waiting around. You know, yeah. like like Booker, Aiden, even like Trey Young, like some of the good young players in the Hawks, like they're not waiting. They're not going to wait for this kind of like even like the Nets, you know, KD, Harden, Kyrie. It's like these big names, like for the first time in a really long time, I think we're starting to see a transition to some younger players who will actually, I think, kind of be the face of the league in five, ten years, you know, and I think it's really kind of exciting to see those players on the biggest stage so early in their careers. Cause you don't see that that much. Like the last person that happened with was probably Kawhi, right? Mm-hmm. Like we just don't get to see young players play in the finals very often just because of how, like, I don't know, just like how dominated by these kind of free agent teams, the finals have been lately. And because their team is kind of mostly made up of free agents. They, by necessity, have to be a certain length into their career. So, I don't know. It's just been cool to like see young guys play in the finals. Um, and then also, I don't know. Watching Giannis has really been something else. Yeah, it's been fun. You know, it's uh, it's he's just. I think people forget, you know, how good he is. Just because I think a lot of people find the Bucks boring. Um, you know. I think people just don't the, – the weaknesses in Giannis's game are very easily pointed out. Like he's a bad free throw shooter or he can't shoot three. But then you forget that those are literally the only two things he can't do. You yeah, know, like right. So – and they're big things. Like if and I was – you know, if he could do those things, he would be literally unstoppable. Like if they did if, – if he could, if you couldn't play three feet off of him when he's at the, like beyond the arc – what are you what are you gonna do yeah you know and so so i get that the, i get that that conversation of like oh if Giannis could do these things he might like be the best player of all time but I, he's just so good it's really fun to watch he's so good um yeah i think my favorite part of the playoffs has been players that we've written off um in the finals but but also just in the the playoffs in general players that we've written off just uh, reminding us that they're still here and whether whether that's mm-hmm. because they're getting an opportunity because someone's hurt whether that's because they're playing to a competition level that's lower like i don't i don't really know and i guess i don't really care um but you look at the you know in the west you have players like um you know reggie jackson yeah. um even somebody like patrick beverly who i hate so much but you you watch the games and you realize like why patrick beverly is Patrick Beverly and why mm-hmm. the Clippers signed him to X contract. Like um, I'm, I'm stuck on the Clippers here, but like Luke Kennard, like you could see a world in which like, yeah, the four year, $64 million contract looks horrible, but 
if they make it to the finals and he's, he hits five threes in a game and they win, like, okay. Yeah. Um, the Suns, like Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne, um, I was in Monte Morris on the night. Yeah. Um, like, even, like not, Jay Crowder's not somebody we wrote off, but just like a guy we forget about. DeAndre Bobby Aiden. Portis. <laughs> um, yeah, Bobby Portis. Like, I think, I mean, Aiden and Paul are like the headliners because, you know, Paul, you're like, well, he's this aging point guard who always gets hurt in the playoffs, and now here he is. Um, Aiden, it was this, well, Trey Young and Luka Doncic went after him. He shouldn't have been the number one pick. Um, and then you go in the Bucks, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, not, not that we've ever doubted Giannis, but I think there was probably some hesitancy on like, is Giannis the guy that can like be the guy or is he just, or is he going to end up in the like LeBron James, Kevin Durant pantheon, or is he in the, right. um, you know, that, that tier below that, which right. is like the James Harden, Paul George. And I yeah. think like we're, we're starting to get a clear picture. Um, another guy who like Trey young, like he's like, he's a star. Like yeah. you can't dispute that anymore. It's not like a good stats, bad team guy. It's like, he's a legitimate star that you're building around. Um, so it's been fun. Just a lot of unanswered questions that we now, we know, we know some of these guys and, and I feel better about that. Yeah, totally. I think there was some weird kind of retroactive. Oh, should Giannis have won back to back MVPs? Like, is he that good? And if you look at his stats, his numbers were like the same this year. They were just, this, yeah, exactly. But I mean, he, this is what he hasn't done. Yeah, you know, he hasn't won in the finals or isn't. I mean, I think Giannis coming back from injury and playing as well as he has should be enough <laughs> for us to say, okay, Giannis is incredible. But if he does, if they do come back and win this finals, I mean, that'll be like legendary. Um, I mean, you can, I mean, there are just aren't that many teams to come back from down 2 0. I'm sure they said that stat a lot on the broadcast. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's a lot could happen over the next week that could really shift how we talk about the league next year. Yeah. And I'm bummed that these games are like four games or three days apart. Um, like, which is fine, I guess, get the, get, the, get the players rest, but going from Sunday to Wednesday, then I think the next game's on Saturday. Yeah. Let me um, see. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that is a schedule cause I looked it up cause um, of course we have plans on Wednesday and Saturday, which um, that's life. Uh, all right. Let's <laughs> go to some wolves news. Um, Former Timberwolves assistant coach David Vanterpool has joined the Nets as an assistant coach. Um, quote from Kevin Durant, that's family to me. He's from the same area I'm from. We know the same people, mutual family friends. I can't wait to have him on board. Uh, good for him, right? Joining yeah. a, joining a, I mean, like I think. super group of assistants right now over there. Yeah, and it's one of those things where people were asking, because uh, obviously there is the, the situation where the the Timberwolves hired Chris Finch and we everybody thought Vanterpool would meet either be the next coach or be a coach somewhere. Um, and it's people need to understand though, that the problem wasn't that because people are, are seeing that Vanterpool is an assistant and they're saying, well, what happened to all these talks about Vanterpool being a head coach? Why did the people made a big deal out of nothing? The problem wasn't that Vanterpool didn't get named the head coach. The problem was that the NBA didn't, or that the Timberwolves didn't interview him. Right. Yeah. And in, in a league where you need, um, and, and deservedly so more black coaches and you give it to a white coach that you, um, didn't like didn't they, interview they, yeah. they <laughs> met with over dinner on a Friday. Um, like, yeah, that doesn't sit well. So Chris Finch is probably the better coaching candidate simply because Vanterpool didn't get a job, right? Like if you're on right. the Chris Finch, 
bandwagon, you say, well, see, and you go, okay, that's fine, but it, it's just the process. Um, and then you tie that into like Glenn Taylor donating like hundreds of thousand dollars to a racist Iowa politician for you, like whatever. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I'm excited for, for DV. He's great. And I think that this is like the opportunity because I think, I think this is a stepping, this is the stepping stone gig because you need because right? you get to work with these big names. Yep. And that that kind of that kind of sign off from really high profile players helps. Hey, that's 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 my point exactly. It's I think he went to the Wolves thinking that they would have been more successful and he would be able to take credit for some of that. Instead, it was a giant dumpster fire, and they just kind of um, like Rosas kind of turned his back on everybody that he hired in that first wave. Um, and we'll get to somebody else here shortly. Um, and uh, I think Vanderpool was like, wait, what? Like we kind of had this wink, wink deal or maybe you didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, I'm excited for him. I think you're right. I think it's like that stepping stone and hopefully he wins a championship or gets far next year and then um, gets an interview and, and gets a job. Because with, with all these people that we're seeing get jobs for the, the second, third or fourth time, I know. Like it's like maybe just give guys a job that we've said for the last five years should get a job. Um, all right. Uh, more Wolves news. Uh, so uh, Timberwolves vice president of wellness. Um, I, I don't know what his official title was like vice president of um, like injury or player health or I'm not sure. Basically he was like the, the, the health analytics guy, like behind the scenes, like what do players need? How can this injury blah, blah, blah. Um, each player is different. Um, super smart. And he was super instrumental in the NBA's COVID plan. Like he was the COVID guy for the NBA. Uh, Robbie Sika, he's leaving the Timberwolves. Um, might seem like not big news. Um, it's and a maybe pretty I'm big reading, deal. Maybe I'm reading the tea leaves here, but this is a guy who has been a lifelong Timberwolves fan, grew up in Minnesota, uh, and um, like was just ecstatic about joining the team two years ago. And now he's leaving on his own. His, I, I don't know. I, it just I'm seems... not, we don't know if it's even for another gig. Like I had the same reaction that you had when I read this news. I was kind of like, this is, I think kind of a big deal. Like this is kind of like when people start jumping ship, especially someone who like, isn't really even on the like I mean, he's on the basketball side, but he's not like making mm -hmm. roster decisions. So it's like yeah. not the same type of pressure in terms of like he could very well survive a Rosas firing, you know, yeah, like exactly he, he, like, you know, like this guy has a lot of credibility around the league. He's extremely well liked and he's choosing to not be with the team anymore, which is not good for the Wolves. I will say if if he has just decided that he doesn't want to be in. I mean, this guy can do everything. So it's like, if if this is just Robbie Sika deciding he doesn't want to be work for a sports team anymore, that's you know, I guess like you know, I, I get it. But if this, but if this is something that's specific to the Timberwolves, it's a huge loss. Yeah, and that's that's another good point too because um, Eric Perkins from Care Eleven stepped down, and um, he basically just said that COVID kind of taught him that you know, family time yeah. with friends. Um, I wonder if, you know, Robbie Sika kind of felt that same thing. Granted, he was super busy during COVID um, and doing stuff. But I wonder if like there's time that he spent. I know he has he has um, some children. So I wonder if, you know, that played a part in it too. saying like, I don't want to go through another grueling season. Um, 
you know, um, he, he did have this quote in the Star Tribune, the pandemic has given me some more perspective on life and what I can do to help others and how important it is to use whatever I have time to, to have its maximal benefit for the world. Um, the personal relationships that I developed with player staff and the entire organization were life changing. I'm disappointed that I was not able to bring the team a championship. Um, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think probably two ways to look at it. Um, one is, uh, yes, I think that's probably true. He's going to spend time with family. I do think part of it too is, um, I don't know. I, 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 I tend to always think that there's, there's some things going on, um, internally, but I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, mostly because when I was there for eight years, there were things always going on internally. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why I thought that, that. that might have something to do with that suspicion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, best best uh, wishes for Robbie. He was he's helped uh, like our family out with some COVID scares during the last nine months or ten months, where we just would text him and he would text back like literally within seconds. So yeah. Um, big shout out to Robbie. Uh, Nigeria beat U.S. in an exhibition, which um, I mean we can get into the Olympic team whenever but i hate that roster so much really um, yeah like why is jeremy grant and kevin love on the team oh oh yeah yeah the starters are pretty cool yeah yeah i mean i, I <laughs> agree with i agree with that but i think there's just some roster spots where you're like mm -hmm. eh, like we couldn't done better at all like yeah kevin loves playing um josh Akogi, uh i'd love to say he was a huge part of the win he really wasn't Four points, three rebounds, well, three assists, two for seven from the all field. All about the defensive I, pressure, maybe. I was going to say, I didn't watch the game, so it might have been yeah, just the either. best defense ever. All these games are going to be at, like, super weird times. Which is good if they're during the workday. They're not. Okay. Not they're, all, they're all at, like, midnight or at, like, 8 a.m. Hmm. That's not good. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, the schedule and, like, all the U.S. games are played at like either eleven forty a.m. or some are like at like three a.m. It's not it's not good for. Well, we're never watching commercials. No, if we do no. decide to watch those games. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's get to our three stars, sports cards, card corner, card. Gosh, you were so uh, close. You I was so, so close. close. Okay, let's try it again. Three star sports cards card corner. I did it again. Three star sports card card corner. There we go. I didn't Julian. get the I didn't get the cards though. I said it's three star sports cards card corner. That's beautiful. That's that's great. Uh, yeah, three star sports cards. They are located in Bloomington and they are located in Little Canada. They go to their website threestarsportscards.com. They have breaks. Those are fun. They have all the materials you need. They do PSA grading um, depending on the services available. Uh, but more importantly, they are just like super fantastic people. So go check them out and thank them. Um, Thank them for sponsoring your favorite podcast. Hopefully it's our podcast. I don't know if they're sponsoring another podcast. Don't uh -oh. make it awkward. Okay. Our card corner, my advice for you this week. And I don't know. I don't know if this would be like my advice necessarily, but it's my advice if you like this player. So we talked last week about Leandro Balmero. Uh, he's going to be a rookie next year. That'll be like his official rookie year. But uh, Hoops, Panini Hoops made a Balmero rookie card this year. So uh, it wasn't available in Prism. So let's say Balmero becomes a big deal. Um, my guess is that his hoops card, which will be probably like deemed his original rookie card, will have more value, even if they are hoops. Um, and, and hoops is hoops, right? It's not great. Um, and it's not Prism. And I certainly could be wrong. 
but right now it's a pretty low low, low risk investment. Um, and and but with Balmero playing in the Olympics, certainly he could like not do great, and these prices won't be affected at all because they aren't very high right now. But I think there's a world too in which he looks really good, and then yeah. everybody's like, "Who's this guy? Oh, he's going to go to the Timberwolves next year." Um, just from some quick research, I just saw an eight card lot sell. Just the base cards sell for five dollars and fifty cents. Um, one of his autos just went for fifty dollars, um, and then he had his rookie that was numbered to fifty nine went for a best offer of thirty five, which I'm guessing the card probably, probably was like twenty five or thirty bucks. Um, I don't know. He, like hoops are generally not a super easy card to grade because they have some like black edging that that goes on the borders. Mm-hmm. But um, if like if you're on Team Balmero and you want to cheer for a guy and invest in him, like have some, like, you know, um, like just, just skin in the game as far as like who he is as a basketball player. And then also in your, um, you know, personal collection or whatever. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's, it's, and it's cheap. So it's like, if you, you spend, you know, you spend a hundred dollars, you get an autograph and you get a bunch of base rookies and a numbered card, hoping he becomes good. Um, you know, I, th- I think there's certainly a worse way to spend your money. So that that's my advice, Julian. Nice. Julian, you have two cards coming back soon. I do. Yeah. I think we talked about this. We've talked about this for the last month, but I think they're, they're <laughs> shipping back. Let me check the status. Um, one really cool thing too, while we're pitching uh, three stars, when you do their card grading, you can actually, um, they put all your cards in the system online. Yeah. And it allows you to track where your cards are at. So, uh, Julian, these cards are still shipping back. They were shipping back on the 6th. So they should be literally within, like, the I would guess today or tomorrow or, tomorrow or, awesome. or Wednesday. So, well, maybe um, we'll go this weekend. Yeah. And maybe, well, maybe we'll just open them on the next pod. That'd be good. Yeah. Maybe I'll go pick them up and deliver them to your house. Okay. And we'll open them on the pod. Perfect. Um, all right. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening. Our next podcast, um, we're going to answer 10 off season questions. Um, just simple. Yes. No questions. Like it could be something like, will D'Angelo Russell be on the Timberwolves next year? Um, so yeah, uh, I'll put together a list. Maybe we'll get somebody else on from another network. I don't know. Um, Espo, he hates us. Um, I know. He hates, he hates us. He did respond to me and ask me if I wanted to do another time, which then I looked at our chat history and it was, it's very sad. Um, I've never had like a dating app before, but I would imagine that's what it's like. Our conversation is very one-sided. It's very much me wanting to go out for dinner and he not is like, can't, to go out can't, for dinner. yeah, but he's trying to be really nice about it. Like can't go out tonight, maybe next week, question mm-hmm. mark. And then maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe never. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, Julian, take it easy. Good, Good luck with the house. Um, everybody else will talk to you next week. Bye.